Last week, I was teaching you really a couple weeks on yes, say yes to the Holy Spirit. And then uh, when Pastor Isaac was here, oh, my goodness, so many people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, there was, I don't know, most of the church was up here, at least a third of it. And uh, I would say 75 people to 100 actually received the baptism of the Holy Spirit or, or a fresh infilling. And, and what I want you to realize is the Holy Spirit is here not just so you can get goosebumps or, or be emotional. So I'm going to teach a little bit more about it, but I want to talk to you when we say yes to the Holy Spirit, we need to also say yes to his fire. Everybody say his fire. In 2018, God gave me a word. He always gives us a word coming into the coming year. And the Lord said this. He said, open wide your hearts to see and to hear him like never before so that we can experience an increased outpouring of his anointing, power, and presence like never before. And man, how many of you, many of you have been here, most of you were here during 2018. Have you seen the church just skyrocket in power, presence, and growth? If you have, say, give me a shout. And I know you at home, give me a shout there. I think I heard you. Okay. So, um, but God has called you and I to live a supernatural lifestyle. We're not here to live just in the natural he puts the super on it because when you become his child and you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, now you're born again. You're in his kingdom with his DNA, and we are created in his image and in his likeness, both male and female, Genesis 1 tells us. So what I want you to realize is whenever you give your life to Christ, it's more than just giving your life to him and being a believer. There's a lot, a lot of other things he wants you to have. He wants to give you the power. He wants to give you the wisdom and the strength to live out your purpose and to live out his will while you're on this planet. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, and I talked to you about it last week too, and what is it? When we are born again, in John 3, the Bible tells us, Nick, Jesus tells Nicodemus what he must do to be born again, right? So when we're born again, we believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and he rose from the dead, and we accept him as Lord and Savior, and we become his child. You're really filled with the Holy Spirit then. You've received the Holy Spirit, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit then. But a lot of misconceptions happens because when people talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they get it somewhat confused and say, well, what's that mean? Well, someone said, well, you're filled with spirit. And they go, I'm filled with spirit when I gave my life to Christ. I was a new, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And that's true. So when you really give your life to Christ, you are filled with Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, Right. But here's the key. When the Bible talks about baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Greek word uh, means to immerse or submerge. And it's like this. So you are filled with the Spirit when you're a believer. You're a child of God. But God wants to fill you with overflowing of Holy Spirit, not only in you, but over you and around you. God's Spirit is in you for your sake, but God's Holy Spirit is on you for the sake of others. That's how he commissions us to go win the world, right? Says that you, when you give your life to him, you're what? Supposed to heal the sick, set the captives free, raise the dead. And you're supposed to go forth and preach the gospel with signs following. Well, how does every believer do that? Every believer does it because you don't have to have a microphone. You preach the gospel by living a supernatural lifestyle that when you pray for the sick, they're healed. When you pray for people to be saved, they're saved. When you pray for people to be delivered, they're delivered. When you love those that are hurting and broken, they feel the love of God, not just your love. So that is the gospel. That is the message that Jesus has taught, came here for <clears throat> to deliver. But he said, I'm going to give you one. When I, He said in Acts 1 and 2, he said, Acts 1, when I ascend to heaven, he said what? 
He said, I'm going to give you one called the Paracletos. And what's the Paracletos? Holy Spirit. And and he said, but I can't give him to you till I go. Why? Because Jesus was here as God in person, right? And he was God walking around with flesh on and still a man, but still 100% God. But then he gave us Holy Spirit to equip us, to empower us. The Bible says he gave us Holy Spirit as what? His promise. He is the promise of Jesus Christ that he gave from our Heavenly Father. And the Bible also calls him a gift to us. What? To give us that innate power of the kingdom, to give us wisdom, revelation, anointing, and all those things to what? Do the great commission. God didn't say the mediocre commission or the kind of commission or the almost commission. He didn't say a just enough commission. He said, do my what? Great commission. And when you do commission, that means you're co-mingling together. It's not just you on a mission, but it's God with you on a mission. And God said, I'll never leave you, nor I'll never forsake you. And wherever I send you, I'll be there with you, right? And so he always wants you to know that. But how does that operate? So when we talk about baptism of Holy Spirit, what is that? That's like taking it. If you took this, this water and filled it up, this thing's full, that's when you gave your life to Christ. Your spirit man was born, you were born in a state of death, but John 3 talks about, Jesus said, how you get born again is when you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, you're full of spirit. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is if I took a big barrel of water up here and I just dropped that bottle down in it. Now, not only am I full of the Holy Spirit, I'm overflowing with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is all over my life, my words, my actions, my deeds, and then he gives me wisdom at a higher level. He gives me the opportunity to live a supernatural lifestyle, not just focusing on what I can't do or shouldn't do, but focusing on what he wants me to do and how he wants to use me and why he put me on this earth in the first place. Does anyone believe that this morning? Hey, Michael, can you go back to my office and get that sword? Yeah, I have a sword that was blessed with me with Pastor Rod down from Dr. Lester Summerall, and uh, it's just a gift, but I want to use it at the end. It's a little quick illustration for you. So as we begin to look at this, we can't live a supernatural lifestyle and increase in our power without having the Holy Spirit and fire. Everybody say fire. So when we look at this, When we look at the Holy Spirit, the Bible talks about it. It came down like what? He came down like tongues of fire in Acts chapter 2 and and was all over the people, and they could see it. They really looked like flames and a tongue of fire, just different flames coming in. The Holy Spirit manifested. Well, I don't believe that. Well, then you probably don't believe that the Holy Spirit came from heaven like a dove and, and rested on the shoulder of Jesus and identified him as the Son of God, right? Remember when John the Baptist baptized him? The Bible says that the heaven opened, and when the heavens opened, that God the Father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And it said the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove upon Jesus. What? To to commence him to say he is the son of God. So what is it? God wanted Holy Spirit with him to clothe him with power so he could do what God told him to do, say what God told him to say, and accomplish what God wanted him to accomplish. Because when Jesus chose to come down off of the throne of heaven, he chose to be born through a woman named Mary, right? And what happened is then he, the Bible tells us that, you know, the great mystery, he was a son, he was a child of God. He, he couldn't come back to take what Adam and Eve gave up unless he came back in their rights and their authority, So the first Adam failed us, right? We're all born in death. But then the second Adam, Romans 5, said Jesus came, what? That we can be free. 
that we can be born again and in the kingdom of God. So it's beginning to understand that and his mission, his purpose. And then he talks about in multiple places, different symbols of Holy Spirit. And one of those is fire. <clears throat> now, uh, whenever you don't experience Holy Spirit, it could be because no one's told you about it, or maybe you're afraid of it, or maybe it's something weird or different. But what I want you to realize is if you're satisfied with being you and don't have any hunger to see God do more through you, to help more people, to bless more people, to live your life at a higher, more joyful level, then don't seek the Holy Spirit. Because if you're born again, he's in you, right? You're going to go to heaven, Holy Spirit be with you. But what a waste it is when God gives you the gift of one of his trinities, the Holy Spirit, not the, but Holy Spirit. He gives you the third part of his, his Godhead, not only to live around you, but to live in you. But see, what he's doing for you is, is greater, what he's doing in you is greater than what's happening around you. So whenever the world's crumbling and going to hell and everything's crazy, you can rest in Holy Spirit because he's not only in you, he's around you. And when you receive Holy Spirit and are born again, then when you immerse and by faith you accept him to be baptizing you in the Holy Spirit, now all of a sudden you get greater enlightenment, you get greater revelation, you get greater understanding to live a greater level of a supernatural lifestyle. Amen. So I'll give you a little illustration here. There's a relationship between the two. We can be filled with Holy Spirit and and when we're filled with Holy Spirit, what happens? Or baptized with Holy Spirit, know it by fire-like signs with flames in our lives. So when we begin to think about the signs of supernatural fire, like the characteristics of natural fire, what does a natural fire do? If you build a fire and it's dark outside, right, and you build a fire, what does it do? It brings light. It makes things that are dark easier to be seen and to identify. What else does fire do? Well, when a flame comes up, it brings heat. So if you're in a situation and you need comfort, you need heat, what happens? Fire gives comfort. It gives heat. It gives light. You can even provide for yourself with it. You can take uh, uh, meats or whatever. You can cook it on the fire or to purify stuff on the fire. So the fire could be a purifier. The fire could be enlightenment or a light to light up what's going on in or around you that you need to know God's will on. You need to know God's plan on through the word, but the Holy Spirit will lead you to the right place in the word or to the right people, and it will be a provision for you. So as we begin to understand that, the relation in natural light and fire, then we see what God said in Acts 2, that, that we received the promise which came by fire, right, the manifestation of fire. Then the natural light, what else does it do? Ephesians 1.18, the verse part says, Paul said, I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. They may be opened is what that means. So your heart is what? Your heart, we look at it as our flesh, blood, and bones, right? It's one of our organs. But what God is talking about is the spirit you, who you really are, the center of who you are. And your heart is your intuition, communion, and consciousness of God. And when you're born again, the old you is dead. The new you becomes what? Uh, it becomes all new inside. We're still working on our life. We're still working on all that stuff. But what I want you to understand, guys, is whenever you have received the Holy Spirit to be saved, that's great. But when you're immersed, baptized with fire, there's enlightenment comes. There's revelation that comes. The Bible talks about revelation, and that's what Paul's saying here. All of a sudden, God, what is it? That's God revealing himself. 
So every time God reveals himself at a higher level. Remember before you were born again, right? You had an ideal of God. But then when you gave your life to Christ and you received him as Lord and Savior, you could see him differently, couldn't you? You began to see things around you differently. Wow, it just changed like that. The moment you sincerely received him, you're looking around going, wow, this is different. This is, this is, I'm not who I used to be. You're trying to explain to people, oh, no, I, I'm not that guy. I, forgive me, man. I'm sorry. I'll never do that. Oh, you know, you're, you don't see your actions the way you used to see them. You don't see your potential the way you used to see it, right? You don't see that. You see things differently. Why? Because you've got a more intimate relationship. Now you're a child of God. You're in his kingdom. And what happens? He begins to reveal himself to you. And as he reveals himself to you, every time he reveals himself to you, you see him clear. You know his word. That's why it's important to do devotions and to pray, you know, to study the word, to show yourself approved, Paul said to Timothy. What's that mean? As I study the word, I begin to see the logos and the rhema come to life in me. What is that? The word, John 1, 1, right? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And then later on that, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word. So when we look at logos, it's the sum total and personality and purpose of the word. Rhema is the promises that come out of that. So the, the sum total personality and purpose of God said, go wait on the promise, which is the rhema of God, Holy Spirit, his gift to us to empower us to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to set the captives free, to live a healthy life, to live a blessed life so we can bring others into the kingdom. Say, I'm full of the word. So what is the word? So whenever you talk about the heart, what are you talking about? It's not just a mystery or mysterious. It's just like you saw things different when you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Can anybody confess to that? And you'll never be able to see him the same. Even if you turn and run from God and you leave God, you'll still be convicted. You'll never be able to see it again the way it used to be. Do you believe that? So now let's take that in the positive way. So those things that I can see that I used to be, used to do, and I don't want to do, and Paul said, I don't want to sin, and sometimes I sin, and sometimes I sin, and I don't want to sin. And he gives us that whole thing in 1 Corinthians, right? It's pretty crazy when you look at it. Even Paul battled with these things, but he just stuck with it. And see, we got to stick with it. But you can stick with it, and, and you can be sincerely have your ladder leaned against the wrong wall, but just because you're sincere and have your ladder leaned against the wrong wall, it doesn't change the fact that your ladder's on the wrong wall. But the Holy Spirit enlightens, reveals God in a manner or a way, like to Moses, how did he reveal him? To the burning bush, right? And the bush started talking to him. <clears throat> and then later on we find out when Moses delivered the children of Israel, the Bible begins to <clears throat> talk about it in Deuteronomy. It says that, I mean, Genesis says, the children of Israel uh, knew God. So in other words, they're his kids, right? So believers, if you're born again, you know God. But when you're immersed or baptized in the Holy Spirit with fire and presence and power, the Bible also said the children of Israel knew God, but Moses knew the ways of God. Also that mic drop, right? The Holy Spirit is the one that shows you not just, you, the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus led you, the Holy Spirit led you to be saved, but when you're immersed and baptized in him, he begins to show you God's ways. People will say, well, how'd you know what message to preach? Well, I practice God's ways. 
Well, how, 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 did, how did you know, you know, uh, how to pray for that person? Well, I've done this a day or two, and I listen to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he'll change it up. Sometimes he don't. And I do what I know. People say, well, when I'm called to preach, what am I supposed to do? I said, don't ever preach anything if you don't know it. God gave me that in Bible college, and I wrote it on the wall in a mar- on a mirror on my way to work after a big, uh, an amazing chapel. And God says, you are what you preach, and you preach who you are. In other words, you are what you preach. Whatever comes out of your mouth, that's you. Well, I'm never an angry person. Well, if anger comes out of your mouth, you're an angry person. Well, you know, I'm not a fearful person. I'm a person of faith. But if all you're talking about is worry, fear, anxiety, and what could happen and what should happen and what's going on with the world, oh, my goodness, then maybe you're a little fearful. But if love comes out, peace comes out, revelation comes out, all those things, faith, hope, all that stuff comes out, you bring the fire of God wherever you are. Say, I am the fire of God. So we can't do anything without the revelation of God. We can't do, you can't even be saved without the revelation of God. You had to somewhere along the way believe that your life's such a mess that there's got to be something better. Grandma, mom, dad, whoever talked about it. But, but I want that Jesus you're talking about. You don't know him. You might know Bible stories about him, but you don't know his ways. But once you are blood-bought and born again, can anybody convince you you're not saved? Seriously, can they? If you're truly born again, don't make a sentence. Well, here, this is the way. That's what, No, the Bible says he is the truth and the way, the only way, Jesus Christ, Lord, right? I don't care what politics say. That's the way it is. And when we get take the last breath, the body said to be, the Bible said to be absent for the body to be present with the Lord. And when we take that last breath and we're present with the Lord, guess what? When you're present with the Lord, you're going to find out which God you're with. You might be in hell or you could be in heaven. If it's Jesus Christ, you'll be in heaven. If it's some other God, Muhammad or some of those dudes that imitated God, then you'll be with them. I'm not nervous. Give me a break. Live this life too long. See, see, I'm here to give you revelation. And that's where Abby said, well, you know, pastor can be blunt, but he's transparent. You know, I found out that's a speaker. I'd rather be blunt and be wrong and say nothing because I can repent for being wrong, but if I say nothing, I don't have anything to repent of, and I do nothing. But I speak based on my teaching, my training, practicing these things, and knowing God, and seeing him move in different ways, and seeing him speak through different ways and means. So Moses, uh, the children of Israel knew God, but Moses knew the ways of God. So it's like you. If you're a born-again Christian and believer, that's great. That's awesome. So, so, so you know God. Anybody know God in here? But if you're wondering about what this stuff is crazy, preachers talk about baptismen or baptismo in the Greek, to be immersed, to submerged, then that's learning the enlightenment of God through his word and through Holy Spirit to show you more of who God is, deeper and more of his ways. It's like Parker can go tell people, man, my dad's a cool dude. He's a good dad. And they know me. They go, well, he must be a good dad. Parker says he's a good dad. He's his kid. Been his kid for 23 years, so he must be a good dad. Well, they know about me, but they don't know me. They didn't live in my home. They, I didn't raise them. They didn't hang out with me seven days a week or whatever. No, but, but Parker did. He knows me in a way they don't know me. And what happens when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you begin to know him deeper in your prayer, know him deeper in revelation, know him deeper in his faithfulness and his love and his kindness and his faith and his hope. 
Everybody say fire of the Holy Spirit. So we see that whenever fire, natural fire, what does it do? It, it brings light. It brings warmth, right? It brings revelation. And then, uh, then what else it do? A fire brings energy, doesn't it? So Acts 1.8 says, teaches us, but you will receive power. That word power, dunamis, has two meanings in it. You receive power. It means power like dynamite to explode or annihilate things. And, and it means to also uh, power, a transference of power, which is talking about dynamite is to explode and blow it away. But dynamo or dynamic is a transference from your power to his power. It's a transfer from the natural to the supernatural. In other words, if you have a great dam, you know, like we have great dams and, and, and uh, say the Hoover Dam or whatever, and it's producing electricity, how's it doing it? It's not like, oh, let that water be electric. No, there's a process. And it goes through this pump, and it goes up through these systems, and it does. But somewhere along the way, with fire, it's turned into steam and heat, and then it's transferred over. And that, that, that same water now, when this dynamic or dynamo happens, there's a transfer of this forceful water turned into light and electricity and whatever else we need. It's like I told you last week about a big old D8 or D9 dozer. You see those out there? These little old hoses about three times the size of this running to these big two or three ton blades and a guy sitting there with his finger just raising that blade and moving it, tilting it and doing all that. Well, you couldn't have the whole crew out there and do that if that blade wasn't working, if that hose wasn't working. But you let one or two of those little hoses with the, the hydraulics break and the hydraulics spews out and get a gallon of hydraulic and that, that blade isn't going anywhere because there's a transference of power through pressure. Water is a transference of power turning into steam and heat and energy. Fire is a transference of power, right? What does natural gas do to heat your house? You got to have the pilot light on, don't you? What's the pilot light going to light? If there's no gas, there's no opportunity, even if you strike the match, to get a fire. And a lot of people, their furnace is out, but they're a furnace. So, so you can be a nice furnace, but not producing much. And you can go to heaven as a furnace and be a furnace in heaven. You just be a cold furnace that didn't have a lot of, didn't op operate in a lot of purpose. Abby told you I was blunt. You already had your warning. And I'm not saying that to be negative. I just say it because I love you and I want you, you don't have to do anything today, but I want you hungry. I want you, I'd rather you get upset at me and go out of here and just search it out and figure it out than to just say, ah, whatever, let's don't say anything about the Holy Spirit. Because it's, it's changed everything for me. I mean, I grew up Nazarene. I started preaching the gospel in Nazarene, and I'm thankful for sanctification and holiness, and I'll never, never put that down. But, boy, when I started seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I was immersed in the Holy Spirit, in Holy Spirit, and the fire of God came on me, I began to pray and the sick were healed. I, I began to win people at a higher rate, rate to Jesus. I began to have a greater revelation of sowing and reaping and opening businesses and hiring people and, and getting them off the streets. I began to understand, and then later on, I began to preach the gospel even more, and I began came into full-time full full, full ministry. But I don't know if that would have happened if I hadn't been immersed, baptized the Holy Spirit. I might have just been a good 
person, and there's nothing wrong with that. But but still in INS, Kentucky, population 600, just serving on, with my kids and my grandkids at that little old church somewhere, helping people just to serve in whoever the pastor is. Nothing wrong with that. Whatever your assignment is, you do it with your whole heart. But I'm telling you, your assignment always includes the fire and the power and the transference of power of Holy Spirit. Do you believe that this morning? I said, do you believe that this morning? So you got to be doubly loud because the people at home, you can't hear them. So what does it do? Fire gives light, revelation. Fire gives warmth, comfort. Fire gives energy. It transfers power. Now, let's, let's look at the reason why people don't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, Acts 2, 4 in the Amplified says this. says, and they are all, everybody say all, filled that is, diffused throughout their being with Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, different languages, the Amplified says, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. So a lot of times people don't receive Holy Spirit is because of a lack of knowledge. It's scary. It's mystical. And I don't know. I saw some of those people, and they were kind of weird, and they did strange stuff. Well, the Holy, Holy Spirit is not about emotions. He's about empowering and equipping and giving revelation. So some people, you know, they could be operating in the Holy Spirit or it looks like it's the Holy Spirit, but it's just some other spirit because they're, they're mean, they're honorary, they're angry, they don't have character. The Holy Spirit's not going to operate through those people. Now, they might have remembered how it used to be and they're acting out like they used to act out when they really were baptized with the Holy Spirit. doesn't mean they're not saved and going to heaven, but the Holy, Holy Spirit is like, the Bible said, is like a dove. And it's very timid, and he's just going to be with you when you're open to him and when you want him. If you don't want him, he'll say, okay, see you in heaven. But i got to go over here for somebody that wants to do something. So we began to realize that through a lack of knowledge, that's the thing that really hurt me. I was convicted about it. I didn't have anybody teach me. I had to go out and seek it. But then it really scared me because I'm like, it's going to change everything when I do this, when I receive Holy Spirit, when I'm baptized by the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist, he gives us two truths that, that I believe just sets the course when you're talking about Holy Spirit. <clears throat> In John chapter 1, verse 29, the, the second part of it, whenever Jesus was walking up there and he was calling him down to be baptized, look at this. He said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, how would he know that Jesus is the Lamb of God unless the Holy Spirit told him? The Bible really teaches that <clears throat> whenever John was the cousin of Jesus. His, his, his mother, Elizabeth, was a cousin to Mary. <clears throat> the Bible says they got together one time when they were pregnant, and John started jumping in the womb, started jumping in the womb. When he, uh, John didn't know that. He's a, he's a seed in her. But he had the Holy Spirit with him, see? God gave certain people that, that power. So what happened is when he's jumping in all that, doing all that, then whenever he saw him, it's, it's like, in, in Matthew's gospel, chapter 16, when, 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 uh, when Jesus is asking his disciples, who, who is he? Who am I? Who am I? They're saying, some say Elijah, some say this. And he said, Simon Barjona, who do you say I am? That's Peter, right? Simon Barjona. He says, you are the son of God. You are the lamb of God. You are the son of God. Now, now what, and Jesus said, flesh and blood did not tell you that, that you can only hear that from my father in heaven. He said, so, Simon, you're Peter now, Petros, rock. Upon this church, I'm going to build my 
upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. He wasn't talking about the pebble, Peter. He was talking about the rock behind him, the uh, Caesarea Philippi. There's a whole teaching on that. And then, but you're part of that rock. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my rocks, my pebbles, my church. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. God begins to tell you, you can get revelation to go high and, and outrank cancer, outrank fear, outrank the coronavirus, outrank poverty, outrank all these things. That doesn't mean you won't lose occasionally, but you're going to win the battle. You just stick with it. Well, what if you die? Then you just got, you beat me to heaven. That's all. You can't lose, right? The only way you lose if you don't believe, and you might exit way before God wanted you to exit. So it can be, you know, mystical. It can be a, mis- a mystery to you, and it's so easy to miss out on it. And, and people try to say, well, you know, they're praying in this weird language I don't understand. Well, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you might be able to interpret that. And there's two different kinds of prayer language. One, Jude says, builds and edifies you up. It could be a dialect from who knows, not even of this century. And then the other is, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, tell, tells us about it. First Corinthians tells, yeah, 2 Corinthians tells about it. What is it? One of the nine gifts of spirit, which is the gift. Of, uh, so whenever you have your prayer language in tongues and then you have uh, interpretation and speak it, it becomes a prophecy. That's a whole other thing. That's months of teaching. So, I feel like a, like I'm trying to sell a car or something. <clears throat> Let me slow down here. Have I lost anybody yet? And their whole congregation raises their hands. But a lack of knowledge is why so many don't ever want to even encounter the Holy Spirit. If you've been like Brandon and through the kind of life he's had, he's like me and the kind of life I had. Without the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't be here. And without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I don't know if I'd still be saved. I really don't because, man, it just took my life to such a new height and a new level, and it's helped me to see things. My heart breaks for people, especially in ministry and leadership, that don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit because what happens is they're saved and they love God and they're getting revelation, but they can't have it unlocked at a higher level of understanding until Jesus said, until you receive the fire of God, the Holy Spirit. So let me see where I was, and I'll give you a little illustration let you go. So whenever we begin to look at this, so Jesus, John the Baptist said what? Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Remember, that's when he baptized him and heaven opened. That's my son whom I'm well pleased. The dove like the Holy Spirit came on him. Oh, I know with Peter when I said that. So his name was Simon Barjona, his surname. Simon means one who hears. Bar means son. Jonah means dove one who hears the dove, one who hears the spirit. He said, flesh and blood has not told you this, Simon Barjona, right? But my father who art in heaven revealed this to you, revealed this, revealed this, revealed this to you. So now you're Peter, Petros. So he got a name change right there. And his name change was because he was one who heard the spirit. Now you can hear the spirit when you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. You just don't understand the ways at a high enough level or hear it like you could at a whole nother level once you're immersed or baptized in the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> then look at this. Matthew 3.11 says this. Jesus said, uh, says, I baptize you with, uh, or John the Baptist says, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But one comes after me who is more powerful than I, 
whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit and fire. The Holy Spirit and fire. And about the time he says that, there comes Jesus in John's gospel. So here's what I want you to get. John proclaimed that Jesus would have a two-pronged ministry, right? The, one, the first part of his ministry, Jesus came so you could be born again, so you could be a son or daughter of God, so you could have entrance into the kingdom of heaven, be blood-bought, all that good stuff. The second part, the second part that he proclaimed was that you can be baptized with Holy Spirit, that you can be baptized with Holy Spirit that you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What's that mean? Immerse, submerged. Why? So you can know the ways of God at a higher level. He can reveal himself to you at a higher level. I mean, what did Peter say when the 3,000 got saved that day in Jerusalem when they came out and they're all preaching the gospel? First thing he did, he said, These, they all gathered by a loud sound that happened. I believe God just cracked like thunder, you know, and, and, and everybody was there partying because it was Holy Week and all that, right? Pentecost week, right? They came from different countries everywhere to come home for that. I mean, Jerusalem was 10 times packed more than ever during that week. And, and, and what happened? It says they all came to where those disciples were. Why did they come there? And the whole streets, there must have been thousands if 3,000 men got saved. That's not even counting their family. There could have been, who knows, 100 or 200,000 there. And what's the first thing Peter said? These men are not drunk as ye suppose, for it is yet the ninth hour in the morning, 9 a.m., basically. Well, how did he know what they were supposing? Now, if he hadn't had that upper room experience, he would have, what do y'all want? Am I in trouble? You're going you're to put me in jail? But he stood and boldly preached Jesus. And 3,000 men were saved and baptized that day with their families. Think about that, guys. He wouldn't know what supposing or anything about it. He would have just been a good man trying to do good stuff and probably get killed. So, let us, so, I'm trying, help me, help me, sister. <laughs> trying, help, help a brother out. <laughs> I love it, I love you, you're awesome. So what is it? Two-pronged ministry, that we can be born again and that we can be baptized with Holy Spirit. Now, when you believe Jesus for forgiveness of sins and he is Lord and Savior and accept him, you're born again, right? But Holy Spirit desires to invade every area of your life, not just in your life, but on you and around your life. So as we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're more than filled. We're immersed, submerged in it. Now, you have to, how do I receive it? The same, you receive the gift of God. Every gift's the same. You receive it by faith, right? How did you get saved? I say by grace through faith. Faith activates grace. Grace is, uh, the root word of grace is uh, charisma, where we get gifts. It's charis, and it's, uh, grace is charis in the Greek. And then the root word, it's gift, free gift, charisma, charisma, means that it's the gift expressed. So if you want to express God at a higher level, you've got to see him differently. If you want to express him at a higher level, you've got to hear him at a higher level, see him at a higher level, have faith to obey him at a higher level. Hmm. So Jesus said this in Luke eleven thirteen. 13, said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father in heaven Give the whole, give Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. The same way you receive any gift, 
You do it the same way. You believe in your heart and you speak what you believe God said about it, what his word said about it, and who he is. And you believe faith is knowing and trusting God. In other words, he is who he says he is. He will do what he said he would do every time. Everybody say every time. So, so a lot of people make, oh, you got to tear, you got to worry, you got to do this, you got to do that. Man, when we were in the warehouse, Brandon, over there, and I, we were just having a revival over there on Alexander Drive. And it used to be a bingo hall out behind Daher's. Daher's is not there anymore, but over there, big old, old mall there. And we're, I'm in there preaching, and I mean, I mean, every week there'd be 10 or 12 people, it seemed like, getting saved. You know what I did? I didn't have time. I was like, I was like Peter and them when they were out there, and you throw the net over, and, and they kept pulling it in and pulling it in and calling brothers with their boats to pull it in. I'm like, I'm pulling the net in. And there was this, this family there that was loving it, and they, the, the wife and husband had given their life to Christ and all that, and she had a grandma, and I don't have anything against this because my grandma had it too, the bun on the head, you know, the little thing on the head. And I'm sure she loved God, and I'm sure she's probably baptized the Holy Spirit and all that. And, and she loved all the salvations. Well, then the Holy Spirit just said, they're saved, just, they got faith for that, just get them baptized. So I just stand right there and say, right now, did you believe God saved you? Yes, I do. I said, all right, do you believe this? Here's a gift of God, and you can have it. Do you want it? Yes, I do. I said, say this to me. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm born again. I'm full of Jesus. I'm full of Holy Spirit. Lord, baptize me in Holy Spirit right now. Baptize me with Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, man, they get the prayer language that you even touch them, didn't they, Steph, for, for several months. And I mean, the church started filling up, and this family called me to dinner. I said, Mama wants to talk to you. Well, you know, we just started out a few months old at this time. Oh, yeah, okay. What's Mom? Well, I don't believe this, and I don't believe I said, well, you can believe where you I'm going to sit here and argue with you. I can show you the scripture, but that's okay. You got to tarry. I said, I guess you got to tarry. You got to worry. You got to hurry. I don't know what you You know, pray for him to let go. Pray for him to get it. Grab it. Let it go. Grab it. Let it. If you've been in church long, you know what I'm talking about. She must have quit on the let it go part because she let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I can't sing, but if I did, I'd sing up to you right now. So, so she knew one way or two ways God could do it, right? She didn't know all the ways because she ain't God. And I never found, I said, if you can find anywhere in the Scripture where it tells me when someone receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they cannot receive receive, uh, uh, the, when they're born again, that they can't immediately receive the Holy Spirit. She says, well, I just don't believe that. I said, well, let's turn to Acts. Remember that? And it talked about what Jesus, Peter did, and then in 1 Corinthians, it tells what he did. Whenever God met him on the rooftop, right, and, and said, you got to go preach, you got to go minister to Cornelius' house, an Italian man who's not a Jew. And you would have me go into an unclean house, but since you revealed it to me, I'm going to obey you. And it says when he went, that Cornelius and his whole household, his staff, his employees, his family, everybody, a very wealthy man, had been returning tithe to God and praying and fasting and saying, we want, we want you, God. We want you, God. We want you. And what happened, it said when Peter, before he could finish preaching, before he finished his message, he even said it in Acts, he was amazed I'm preaching, telling the other people who didn't want these non-Jewish people, you know, to be engrafted in, these other disciples. And stuff. He said, look, I- I'm preaching, and all of a sudden they're getting saved, and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit without anything. I just kept on preaching. They kept getting saved. They kept getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because they're God and Peter isn't. God is God. Peter isn't. I mean, nobody knows all the ways of God. 
Well, this is what I was taught when I was a little boy or a little girl. Well, then it's time you grow up and learn some other things. Not nervous. I got an exit. See, I don't know all about God. Why would I act like I did? I'm learning like you. But, but we don't throw the, like I said in eastern Kentucky, you don't throw the baby out of the bathwater, right? I gave you that illustration last week. I mean, you heard it. You don't. That means eastern Kentucky, when you're bathing a baby in a tub because you don't have running water, right? That's what my grandma used to do when we were all over her house. She'd get that, heat that water up on a fire, pour it in, pour it in, have a big old black tub, throw us in it, get that soap, lye soap, and burn you, itch you, whatever, it got it off of you. You know what they did? They got the babies out and dried us off. Then they threw the bath water out. A lot of people, yeah, and you're getting all that dirt and all that mess in there, but you're just being, you're allowing yourself to be thrown out with the dirt and the mess instead of getting out clean and pure and full of fire. Doesn't mean you won't always be clean because you won't because you will sin, but you'll have greater discernment of it, greater faith and revelation to repent and, and, and stop doing it less and less till you don't do it. Okay. How am I doing on my time? I got a timekeeper over here. She keeps me on track. See, I got you this time. Oh, she went four minutes. Okay. She's so funny. She'll be going. Then Paul's like to his daughter. It's okay. It's okay. God's just revealed himself in a different way, dear. I love her. So, he said, how much more? So he said, this is the promise, Acts 1-4, right? Jesus said himself, go wait and tarry for the promise from the Father. Now, I'm gonna, you can bring, come on up with that sword, Michael. So Ezekiel 36, 27 says this, God promises, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful in my laws. and In other words, in my ways. So the fire of God residing in you Transform your, your, transforms your human will to take away that bent that we all have towards selfishness. Now, it's still working on us all, right? None of us are perfect. And it doesn't mean someone baptized the Holy Spirit is holier than someone that's not. What it means is you have an opportunity for God to reveal himself at a higher level so you should be holy, right? Because if you're not, that fire is going to leave you. And then you have to what? Pray again for it by faith. Peter and John received the baptism of the Holy Spirit two or three times in the book of Acts. They didn't just receive it once because they're human like you and me. They were. So when you consider this sword that Michael has, that thing's heavy, isn't it? The kids always want to play with it and all that. So as you receive this sword, and this was given to me. I got a picture in my office, but this is given to me where Dr. Lester Summerall, one of my grandfathers of the faith, was with Smith Wigglesworth and under his covering there for a while before he passed. Um, he anointed all of his sons and gave them a sword of the Spirit, the Word and the Spirit of God. And then Pastor Rod, my pastor, did it to his leaders and his sons. So what happens is, if I take this, this thing is metal, it's hot. So I can take this thing and build a fire here, and I can hold it in that fire. And it can get really hot. Now, it could get so hot it would melt it, right? But a campfire is not going to do that. Can you say Amen. But it can get it so hot that that steel turns red. And when it comes out, it didn't change. It was so hot, it didn't change the form of the sword, right? But it had the heat on it and in it so greatly that if I touched something, it would set it on fire. 
If I cut something, it just whoosh, cut it so much easier. See, that's what the sword of the Spirit does, which is the Word of God and the Spirit of God. The sword of the Spirit, what? It cuts. So, so in Hebrews chapter 4, uh, verse 12, I think it is, where uh, whenever they were talking about the heart and the will and all that, the Bible says that, that only the Holy Spirit and the word, only the Word of the Spirit can what? Separate certain truths. And it said it's like separating sinew from bone from sinew, you know, the stuff in you, and blood. The only thing, in other words, the only thing that can separate certain things is the Word of God. The Word of God, the Logos, and the Rhema, which is the sum, total, purpose, and purpose of God. And so when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's, it, you receive it because you ask for it. It's a gift. And when you do that, it, it, it heats you up. And you're branded with the fire of God. And the fire on you now, when it gets in a room, it heats the room up. You don't have to run your mouth. They just feel the presence, right? Your prayers have more fire. Your prayers have more effect because when you touch something now, something happens. But now if I keep this thing out of that fire before long, it's just going to cool and be a big old cold sword. So there's some of you in here, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit more than one time, but right now you're just a big old cold sword. Code sword. You're not herpes. It's okay. Here's a code sword. I've never done that. Some things you just never do. A code sword with a D. So you're that's what you are. And 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 if you want to heat it up by faith, you just get back into the word and ask God and the Holy Spirit will turn the heat up on you. You might have to do some repenting, or you will, right? Because what does heat do? It gets the bacteria out. What does heat do in the metal? It gets the impurities out of it. So, so when you get around the fire of God, not only does it fire you up, and, and the Bible says that God has his angels, what, as ministering spirits like flaming fires going to and fro? You become a flaming uh, fire for God wherever you go. But if you wear yourself out, and, and, and all that stuff, and you're not faithful, and you're not in the Word, and you're not praying. And sometimes I do that, and I just have to get by myself. Sometimes it says, you need to get by yourself. Go somewhere for a day. <laughs> you need to seek God. And what she's saying, we have a great marriage and all that. What she's saying, don't have to say this much anymore. I've gotten older and smarter, I guess, or she's gotten tired. I don't know. But so, so she puts up with me and the other two boys. God bless her. So what happens is all of us have to be refired. I, I, I have to seek God. Ben? I have to get my face before God. If I want to walk in the fire of his ministering spirit, if I, if I want things to affect change that I can never affect as a cold servant, but if I come a heated hot fire, a brand, what else can it do? A fire, you can brand something with it, can't you? Brand cattle with it, right? Fire, what does it do? It does so many things. So why wouldn't we want the fire of God? Why, why, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit today, why wouldn't you want it? Well, it scares me. Well, were you scared to get saved? How'd that work out for you? Kind of glad you did now? Well, you know, I don't understand it. Well, I don't even understand all of salvation. I'm still working on it. I mean, I know the words like you do, and I know my experiences, but we're all growing in it. I don't understand everything about holiness and revelation and healings and signs. and wonders. We have them. I had people in here I see in this room that, you know, their backs, Abby, her back was so crooked up here about six, eight months ago, prayed for her, and her back straightened up. 
She went back to her doctor and she'd grown what, an inch and a half, two inches? Something like that, wasn't it? Had multiple people with multiple sclerosis back to straighten up right in front of us. We've had a blind, blind eyes open here. We've had deaf ears open here. We've had muscle injuries, uh, cancer healed here. We've had all kinds of stuff here. Why? I don't know when God's going to do it. I just obey when the Holy Spirit says do it because it's him doing it. But he said, I got to heal him. What's he mean? In other words, he said, I don't heal him with my power. I heal him by his spirit and strength. All I am is a vessel to let him go through. That's all. We're just vessels. We don't have any power on our own. We're his vessels. And he wants us to be, here you go, Michael. He wants us to be his, his he wants us to brand wherever we are. 